0: Welcome back to the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On episode 30 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast, I have joining me today, Deborah Duby. Deb is a personal trainer in New York City. She has been training super busy professionals for over 18 years. And today, we're going to talk about what's really behind the words, I'm too busy. Deb, thanks so much for joining me here today.
1: Hi, Kim. I'm really psyched to be here. I can't wait to get chatting.
0: I am (laughs) so happy to have you on the line. So look, I know before you became a trainer to uber busy professionals in New York City that you yourself were on the fast track in corporate America. So tell us about that. Tell us about the early stages of your
1: like grown-up career. Okay, I'll, I'll, I didn't expect to talk about this, so I'm going to make it short because, okay, yeah. uh, who wants to hear anybody's long resume? But you're <laughs> right. <laughs> I, um, I was a technology recruiter. It, it was the nineties. Um, it was a time that the tech boom was in full swing and I had graduated from college. I had a psychology degree. I actually thought that I was going to become a social worker, but I wanted to get some real life experience. So I was a technology recruiter for five years, um, which was a really great experience for many, many reasons that actually helped me in my personal training business, but, um, but ultimately was not what I wanted to do with my life. So um, yes, I know a lot, it gave me a lot of compassion and understanding for a lot of people that work at jobs, at a desk, under fluorescent lights with <laughs> goodies and other temptations in the office break room at all, you know, at all, at all times, especially times when, you know, you're stressed. But, um, but yeah, I, I it, it was very helpful in my second career, actually having that experience and knowing and understanding all of those pitfalls and all of the, all of the emotional stress sometimes that leads to um, pitfalls. So yeah. yeah. And you've been at personal training
0: now for like 17 years. That's right, right? 17 yeah, years. Yeah, I
1: started, well, I think it's technically 18 because 18 I started in years.
0: 2002. Yeah. Which, by the way, so like everybody, I, everybody yeah. listening, look, look <laughs> Deb up on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle, Deb? Um,
1: it's at Debra, D-E-B-R-A, underscore do D-U-B-Y. Yeah, look her up. She does not look old right. enough to have been doing anything work wise for 18 years. You look um, so. Young. Thank you. I so appreciate that. I could say that right back at you, though, honestly. <laughs> you do. You do. So, okay. But we so know I, that strength training, strength training is the fountain of youth. That's really it is. true. It,
0: it's true. It's true. 100%. <laughs> it 100% is. Yes. Without, without it, I look way younger now than I did in my 30s. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. So, all right, so you work you. in corporate America, yeah. then you go, you live in New York City, and you're training people who are working in corporate America. So you know what it means to be busy on both ends of the spectrum. So talk to us. What are some of the keys to
1: getting fit despite being busy? Mm. I mean, I, so I think that, so it's funny. I thought we were going to kind of talk a little bit more about the excuses that people make. Oh, let's do it. Which which we totally can. But I think, you know, listen, when I was working in corporate, in the corporate world, I mean, I wanted to exercise. Like that had been important to me my whole life. So as a busy person, like I'll I'll just say like what it took for me was actually getting to the gym when it opened. So I used to get to Crunch. That's because I lived on the Upper West Side and there was a Crunch on 81st Street. I lived a couple blocks from there at five thirty in the morning. Yeah. And I would train um till about six fifteen. And then I would literally like jog home, get ready and get right in the car and be at work by seven thirty ish, seven thirty eight AM because I used to I actually used to commute to New Jersey, which all other it But um but you know, I made it happen. And on the you know on the weekends I was I didn't have a kid then. So I would train on Friday night and train on the weekend and, you know, and I, and kind of just work it in. Um, but I always had that. I always like to exercise. So that yeah. drive was not something that I had to contend with. If it is something that you have to contend with and you're a busy person, like it seems crazy to get to the gym, get to the gym at 5:30 in the morning. Mm. And that is, you know, that's often where the rubber meets the road for people.
0: Yeah. So, what do you suggest to people like that? So, let's say it's a person because there are so many people out there who are not like you and I. Like, you and I get jazzed. Like, it's time to train. Like, all right. Like, I'll get up for that. Like, I like to work out. But if you're not, you know, like, this is what I need to be a grown up here. This is what I need to do to to have the health I want, to have, you know, the the look I want, whatever it is. This is what I need to
1: do. But I don't really love it. What do you say to those people? Yeah. What should they do? It's a, it's a, I'm just going to, we're just going to get right into it, but it's a complicated conversation because from a practical perspective, right, it's like, oh, well, you know, we pick one day a week that you think you could wake up in the morning before work or go after work and then do the weekend warrior thing. Like, that's often what I would suggest because logically it seems doable. Like, oh, yeah, one day between Monday and Friday, I can either wake up early or come home later. Yeah. Um, or some people can work out midday and then I definitely could find time on a Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I, that I all often have that conversation and it's received well and people are like, oh, that makes sense. You're right. I don't have to wake up every single day. I can do three times a week, but then it doesn't happen. Mm. And often the excuse, the number one bullshit excuse in the world is I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And I say that not to shame anybody or make somebody feel like they're lying, but because I find the time excuse to be really just sort of the umbrella term for a whole bunch of other possibilities that have nothing to do with time.
0: Talk about
1: that. yeah. I find when someone is struggling. So we let's just say we met Jane and she wants to work out and we give this suggestion, like find one day during the work week and, and then do the weekend warrior thing. And then it doesn't happen. That's really when we kind of have to break it down into what's really going on. Mm. And I never accept time as an excuse because as you know, and I know, not just personally, but with other clients, I mean, we we know clients that, you know, have own companies and have five kids and maybe they're single parents or maybe they're, they have two jobs and they have three kids and they're single parents. Like time can be made no matter what the situation is. And that's why I just won't accept that. So what's underneath that? And really, I think it probably is has to do with four possibilities. One, there could be and this hap- has happened in my own experience with people, there can be sometimes a mental health issue that they're not looking at. Like there could, they could really be dealing with some depression Mm. or some, some, some true anxiety or even like um, adult ADHD where they just can't seem to prioritize. Mm. Um, And not because they're just like being lazy, but Mm -hmm, because there's mm -hmm. really like something Bigger, And if I think that that's the case, and I, I know I'm not a doctor, but if I think that that might be the case, I will then refer out to a therapist that I know or a psychiatrist that I know. Um, and often the person, you know, when we talk about it, they're like, oh, you know, I think that, that that really could be. Because they might say, I am just so tired. You know, I'm so fatigued that even when I could be getting up, it's like I physically can't. Um, or I could be working out after work, but I'm just shot. And so there, there are ways to kind of figure out what the real obstacle is. So I would say number one is sometimes a, a real mental health issue. Um, and that's you know, needs to be addressed a totally different way than set your clock earlier, you know. Yeah. Um, I think another thing is boundaries. So, you know, when I hear the whole, you know, I'm working till 10 o'clock at night, why are you working till 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. Like nobody should be working till 10 o'clock at night. If you're working till 10 o'clock at night every day on a regular basis, there's something to be said as far as personal boundaries and not managing time as well as you could be. Either yeah. they're per- putting out, you know, right, like too many fires during the day you know, not prioritizing the actual work that they have to do and getting interrupted by too many people or saying yes to too many things that they should be saying no to not delegating rights. So I would say boundaries. And again, we're not therapists, but we can sometimes help people uncover what really is the issue so then they can go and tackle that instead of
0: one right there like figuring out their personal boundaries i've had clients who like i had a one woman who couldn't get to the grocery store two weeks in a row and i had her talk me through it and come to find out all of her grown children and grandchildren kept calling on her to do this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing and i finally said i'm like you know that's not okay you can say you can say no And so her goal for the week was to start saying no to people. Love that. And she scheduled, I said, I want you to schedule in right now your workouts and the time you're going to go to the grocery store and the time you're going to prep your food. And then when somebody asks you for something, if it conflicts with that, you don't have to tell them that your appointment is the grocery store, but you can say, so sorry, would love to do that, but I
1: have an appointment. And it worked. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm like super protective about my Sunday nights because that's when I food prep. And so I'm not very social. And I live in a building with super social people now Mm -hmm. and I love them all. And they want to hang on Sunday night. Like, let's just go hang on the roof. And I'm always like, uh, and it's like, I got to food prep. And no, I don't mean to sound like a killjoy. Occasionally I'll obviously like sideline some of those things, but really, if I don't get it done on Sunday night, it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And then my husband and my daughter, you know, and that's just happens to be my job. Cause I'm the one at the moment that like, you know, really cares about that. Yeah. Um, there's nothing to eat, you know, and then there's, yeah. they, they're doing takeout and it pisses me off cause I already went grocery shopping.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So well, it's boundaries, priority, boundaries <laughs> and priorities. It's, it's huge. Like, you know, that having that food in your house is a priority for you. And so you make it
1: happen. Yes. I always, and speaking of that, you know, I always tell people I don't meal prep because I'm a health nut. I wouldn't even describe myself as a health nut. I meal prep because when I get home, I'm fucking hungry and I don't have any patience. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to cook when I get home. I will be eating tortilla chips like everybody else. Yeah. I would not, I don't have the patience. I'm tired. I'm, you know, perhaps frustrated. um, And I just am out of energy. So I food prep and really protect that Sunday night because I'm, you know, there's no way for us as a family to make healthy choices otherwise. Yeah. So anyway, boundaries are definitely, I find often the reason why people say they don't have time. It's not, they don't have time. They just, their boundaries are, you know, loose everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so there is, you're, there is no time, but not really. Not really. Tighten up your boundaries and you'll make the time. All right. What's number two, right? That was number two, right? That was number two. Okay. I would say you're correct. Yep. Yep three and you've talked about this too um is the perfectionism thing like mm-hmm. if I don't have an hour or whatever it is in their mind that they think they need to do to exercise mm-hmm. or if I can't do you know whatever the, the thing is like run my five miles or do mm-hmm. these five lifts or you know then forget it yeah and I always say it's just it's it's I it's kind of corny, but I always say whether it's a penny or a 20, it's money in the bank. And that's basically to mean it doesn't matter if you had five minutes or 105 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's really, it doesn't matter. Your body will, it's like deposits. It doesn't matter as long as you're putting in the deposit doesn't matter how much I love that
0: everything counts and often it's just keeping up the habit right so if you go to the gym yes. and don't have yeah. a full 50 minutes let's say you only have 15 minutes you still got yourself to the gym and kept the habit of now I go to the gym up which is so huge even if you only got 15 minutes in
1: it's massive Kim I'm so glad you just said that because I always talk about the habit muscle, which is, you. I don't know if you would say that phrase yeah. too, but it's a bicep curl for your habit muscle. So mm-hmm. even if that's the one muscle that you trained, because you went, even though you had only had 15 minutes, that's actually the most important muscle in your entire body is your 100%. habit muscle. 100%. <laughs>
0: so I'm with, I'm you. with 100%. you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So getting rid of the, it has to look like this, it has to be like this. I used to be that person, by the way. So that's, I I fell into that trap. I didn't have the time. It was like, well, what's the point? Like, as soon as I had my daughter, I had to drop that, like, you know, a bad habit. It was, I mean, because I didn't, I literally would only have 15 minutes sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, well, you better learn. You better learn, girl, because (laughs) it's never going to happen. And sometimes so I'm we do for use that. that as an excuse
0: to not do things. If we can't be perfect, it's yes. not going to do it. And sometimes that's a totally just lame excuse for, I don't really want to. And so I'll just be like, well, right. I can't do it well. And so calling ourselves out on that BS and being like, yes. really, I just don't kind of want to get up and go, you know,
1: <laughs> it
0: has nothing to do with yes. the fact that. I want to be perfect. I'm just, I'm just going to use that as a convenient reason to not do it. And so not allowing that of ourselves.
1: I uh, love that. That's such a good point. And yes. Yeah. You're so right. Um, I, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. There's a lot of people that that's true for. So yeah, yeah. touche. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and then the last thing, I, this is a smaller part of the population, but there's also a group of people that I think, I think that when they go to the gym, I thought I made up this term, but I didn't. They have gymnesia, Like they just cannot remember what to do. So they're like, I don't even know what to do when I get there. Mm. So I go on the treadmill because I, I know that. And then I just go home, you know, so um, so the busy people like will be like, I didn't really I, di- I didn't do my workouts because, you know, well, I did. I went on the treadmill, but I didn't really do what I, you and I, you wanted me to do, which of course, because we're trainers, we want our people to lift weights because mm-hmm. I went there and I blanked out. So that is another, but that's easily fixable, right? Cause we can then yeah. program very specific, you know, and they can get online programs from other people. So, um, lots of ways to fix that. But those are, to me, when people say they don't have time, um, I, there's many more categories, but I find like that to be, those to be the main ones as far as solving the problem of mm-hmm. I'm super busy. How do I fit this in? Um, those are yes. some really it's important like,
0: ones, Deb. I really like that last one is really interesting to me because we might be saying we don't have time, but what it really is, is we're unsure and unconfident of like, what am I going to do when I get there? And so if we have yes. that solid plan, like, okay, like I can go and do this in 50 minutes. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And that gets rid of a lot of the excuse of, I don't have time. So we don't have to think yes. about what we're going to do. We're just going to go and we're going to execute. We have this piece of paper that says, do these six things. Right. I totally. love that. Love that. You know, I was talking to a woman this, well, she was in my comment section this week. I had put up mm. a post, I had shared a post about how to get in 10,000 steps per day. Not to 10,000 okay. is, is a magic number, but you know, it's right, a good right. solid number of, hey, I'm a pretty active person. And this person totally. responded and said, What if you're a science student and you have to study all day and you have a two hour commute and then just listed all these things? And I started to kind of type up some strategies and then instead what I typed is I could give you a list of strategies, but I don't know if you're ready to take them on. Because a lot of times what I see is people look mm. for why they can't do things and if you're looking for why you right. can't make something work, if you can't find any time in your day to increase your steps, the problem is you're looking for reasons you can't do it, not reasons you Can do it, which comes back to our priorities, right? If we if we say like our health and our fitness are our priority, what we do is we look for ways to make it work, not ways to not reasons it can't work.
1: Yes, that's so true. I think you answered that perfectly. It's funny as you get older, right? Like I'm in my forties. You're in your you're in your fifties, right? Almost, almost. Next one year, I'm gonna be forty-nine. Next forties. Yeah. Oh, please. You still got plenty of time. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why I thought that. No, no, you're still a baby. So but regardless, there's something that happens though, I think in your forties where you can hear people's questions in a totally different way. It's like you hear them like on the surface, but you really hear the meaning underneath. So when people say things to you, like I don't have time. I'm too busy. Or how, how would I do that? I have to study all like, as if she's, you know, not that this woman isn't studying, but as if she's studying 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Right. We know that that's actually not happening. Yeah. Um, you realize like, what are they really asking? What are they yeah. really saying? And then you can really be a much more effective coach.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So that was,
1: that was good. Yeah. Abs- absolutely.
0: So Deb, what are your go-to, I'm in a hurry and I need something to eat and I didn't prep anything foods?
1: Ooh, well, so when I'm out training all day and I don't get to go home, Mm -hmm. so that is like a pretty, pretty predictable list of things that I always have in my bag. So I can tell you what I always have in my bag and then I can tell you if you want, like what I do if I happen to be here. Yeah. Um, It's... Okay, so things that, I feel like the things that always travel well, and I have experimented and have had many disasters in my gym (laughs) bag. Oh my God, like a peach that like somehow lost its skin because I didn't wrap it properly. And then now it's an open peach all over. Oh yeah, I've had all of those. Like (laughs) That sounds silly. Yeah, it's kind of like, you're like, ew, what's in, oh God, my peach. (laughs) So... I I typically carry a hard fruit, so something that can withstand the beating of my gym bag. Um, I usually have one because, and it's funny, I know we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things today, um, but, you know, I found that I don't digest a ton of fiber. So I can't eat an unlimited, not that anyone can, but I cannot eat four or five fruits in a day. Mm -hmm. So I can have one, They probably two, but so I usually take one with me because at home I'll probably have one more. Mm -hmm. And then I usually take some kind of organic beef or turkey jerky. Um, I have celiacs, which is totally new this year and a complete pain in my ass because a lot of beef and turkey jerky jerkies are made with soy. So I've had to like go and either like try to make my own or find, like, one that's made with coconut aminos as opposed to soy. And, like, there's some different things coming out. And I can always, um, you know, ping you if you ever wanted to know some some specific brands. But there'll be that. that. Um, and then I will usually have a nut butter packet of some kind. So, like, Justin's Nut Butters. Um, there's actually a million brands. but Or RX, like the company that makes the RX bar. They make a nut butter packet now. So I'll always have like some like a protein like that, a fruit like that, a nut butter like that, and then I like roasted chickpeas. So I'll usually have those in my bag. I usually have popcorn in my bag, um, and then and then everything else will depend. So I used to always take a yogurt when I, when the celiacs um, was be, r- ramping up before I I kind of thought I had it, but I wasn't diagnosed. I started to become lactose intolerant, which also sucks. Yeah, It's kind of one of those, they say that you could regain your ability to digest lactose once your gut heals from the damage, unfortunately, from the mm-hmm. the gluten, so I'm hoping that that comes back, but I used to always take a yogurt, so those were always, like, really helpful for me. Oh, and there's a cracker that I mm-hmm. really like. It is gluten-free, um, Mary's Gone Crackers. I don't know if you've ever tried that before. No, brand. I've never heard of that. Aha! They make a gluten-free um vegan cracker made with like real whole grains, <laughs> you know, not not refined whole grains. Um and seeds and things like that. And, and I And you like the taste? I do. I don't know. I don't know if everybody does, but I do. Okay, cool. And those like those few things kinda get me through. And then I might pack an actual like little thing like meal. But even if I forgot, I can get away with eating that pretty much like having a breakfast at home eating that throughout the day and then coming home and having dinner. Got it.
0: Now, what if you're at home and you're like, okay, I just need to make
1: something fast. What are your go-tos? I feel like you and I do the same thing. I, uh, tuna, which I don't eat that much cause I know the mercury and blah, blah, but I will whip open a can of tuna, you know, at least once a week and, or a little like gross, but I don't mind sardines. So I might eat those, um, also really, really quick just for like a quick protein that I don't have to cook. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I do have, or I feel like I have a few minutes, I will scramble some eggs. That's like super easy. Yeah. That's um, go for sure. Yeah. And then I, I like hummus a lot. So I pretty much have every flavor of hummus imaginable in my fridge. Um, there's actually a brand that I'm I'm going to say I'm addicted to because I hate when people say that or like I'm obsessed, but I really like, I really enjoy Ithaca cold crafted hummuses. They have like four or five flavors and I just love them. So I will pop open that, my Mary's crackers and, you know, go to town with that. Um, those are my, probably my like standard, I literally have five minutes or less. Um, and and that, like I said, before of the lactose and celiac stuff, I used to eat a lot of yogurt. I miss my yogurt.
0: <laughs> oh, there, so there's no kind of yogurt that you can eat.
1: At the moment, it still really bothers my stomach. Wow. So I'm what doing all the There It is a bummer. I'm I love yogurt every free. day. Oh my God. I have been eating yogurt every day. Me too, Kim, since I was like a child. So it feels weird. You did not have it, but I I, I I have faith, I have faith that, um, that my gut will heal and that I will be able to bring it back in. I don't know why, but I'm just putting it out there. I sure
0: hope so. I sure hope so. Because yeah, I sure hope so. So with regards specifically to workouts, Deb, what are the people who you see getting results? What are they doing right?
1: Ooh, Okay, so this is an interesting question because do you mean results as in getting stronger, getting leaner, getting all the above? Like, what do you? What what would you say?
0: Let's go with getting leaner. I will say I personally love getting stronger, and I think getting stronger can help you get leaner. More people contact me about, "Hey, I want to lose weight," than I want to get stronger. So, you know, let's talk about that.
1: Okay, I mean, you and I, and a million other really you know, people on social media that are trying to get to the truth of the matter, I think all would agree that dealing with how you're eating is really, unfortunately, that has nothing to do with the gym. But that is probably the most important piece. So um, I just have to mention that because I think so many people come, especially come to trainers and say, I want to lose weight. And I always have to do like the timeout sign and say, listen, I would love to work with you um, on training, but you have to know that training by itself may or may not deliver that, um, unless we're going to also talk about the food piece. So that I just have, you know, wanted to just put out there. But if a person is already doing all that stuff, do you want to add anything to that? By the way, before no, I okay. move on, I have a question for you though about your about yeah. your.
0: Uh, your one-on-one in-person training, do you do nutrition with them as well? I know you're a
1: nutrition coach. So do you do that? that? I do. You know, I won't push it on people, you know, like you have to do both, but I will always make some suggestions that are, I think, glaringly obvious. Like if I know that this is a 200 pound person eating 30 grams of protein a day, and believe it or not, I have so many people like that Oh, yeah, um, me too. That describes right? most of
0: my clients who come to me. They're eating about 30 to 40 grams of protein when they get to me. and uh, Correct.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And so, right. Like, I can't help but say this process will not be very helpful to you unless you fuel yourself in order to get the results of the process. So yeah. I will give some tips. And then, of course, they want to, you know, get more into it. Yes, I'll get more into it. But if they're really coming to see me for personal training, I don't want to like come across like an evangelist, you know, where (laughs) I'm like, you know, this is, I just am like, look, I'm going to give you the the main highlights for you. And if you feel like you really want to work on this more, you know, you know how to find me. Um, But outside of the food thing, as far as lifting, and I don't know, I'm really curious what you think, but I have had, I have experimented. I love listening to a podcast that you had, by the way, recently, where you were like, if there was bad information, I knew it and I did it. <laughs> so, yeah, that awesome. was me. <laughs> that was excellent. I love that. I could say similar for exercise. So yeah. I, I don't think I have literally done it all, right? Obviously, but I have done a lot of different kinds of exercise and I think lots of types of exercise works, but personally, and in my career, in the lane that I chose to be in, I would say, you know, 90% of the time, especially for women who are trying to get lean, if they start integrating strength training into their exercise program, their bodies change dramatically. 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 How they strength train can vary. I have my opinions, you know, there's like science and then there's obviously opinions and I definitely have my opinions, but I, I have altered them over the years, right? Cause like my Angela says, like, no better, do better, right? Yeah, like you do yeah. learn and change. Um, I do feel that all kinds of strength training techniques and, and, and programs work. Mm-hmm. I think it's really like, does it does it work for you? Like, are you adhering? And then if you are, is there progressive overload in your program? Whatever that is, whether you're doing reps of 20 or reps of five, you know, does it have to be heavy? Does it have to be light? No, I think it could be a blend. I think it could be, or either. But the key I think is, are you in a program that has strategically, like has milestones in there on a in, a in a strategic way where you are getting stronger over time and not just subjectively, like objectively, are you, as you know, you know, lifting a heavier weight, doing more reps with that same weight, doing another set, doing the same workout in less time, you know, has your form gotten better, you know, whatever, you know, there are lots of ways that we can define progressive overload, but I think if there's strength training regularly And by that, I would say, I don't know what you would say, I would say a minimum of twice a week is required. Mm -hmm. I personally lift four times a week. Um, I don't really see the results that I like for myself in two times a week. And I've done that before. But, you know, however you want to slice it is, you know, a totally personal thing. And I think there's a lot of strategies. I really do. I just think the one universal strategy has to be progressive overload.
0: Absolutely. I'm what you there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people will just show up and do random workouts here or there, um, grab yeah. a workout off of Instagram or do some kind of like, you know, it used to be workout videos. Nobody does those, but like find something on Fitness Blender. And that speaks to the idea of you can't get progression if you're always doing something different. So if you just yeah. do a different workout each time, you're not going to be able to progress in it. And so, You know, Deb's talking about progressive overload, getting stronger over time. To do that, you have to be you have to be consistent in what you're doing. And I couldn't agree more that you have to either move heavier weight or do more reps or do more sets or less rest time. It is so important. And so two things. You have to have some level of I do some of the same things over time. No, not forever, but you know, have a program that you stick with for a month and then move on to your next program. And also right. keeping records of what you're doing because, goodness, we yes. think about, you think you're going to know what you did last Tuesday, and you're not. You're not going to remember that you lifted 15 pounds on your rose. You're not oh going to remember. And so keeping good no. of what you did so that you can push it the next time, so, so, so important.
1: That I'm so glad you mentioned all those things. Absolutely. I always laugh, like, this is, has nothing to do really with this, but kind of. <laughs> I was at <laughs> I was at a friend's um, birthday party, and a Whitney Houston song came on, right? And I knew all the friggin' words. I was dancing, and I was like, how is it that I know all the freaking words from a song that I haven't heard since the 80s, right? <laughs> and I can't remember, you know, I what I did... Five minutes ago. So I it's totally so chill. <laughs> I am with you. I do that all the time. I sing song
0: lyrics from the eighties and it always blows my mind. I can't remember like, <laughs> I can't remember what I did this morning or what like the message right. I asked my like the message I left my kid who'll like message me back and I'll be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I never said that. <laughs> it's like right. I literally totally. literally did. So that's funny. Yeah, so so, keep, so keeping we, the records is important.
1: Yes. Yeah, you have to. There's no way that you – there's no way that you can remember that you did seven reps with a 35-pound t- dumbbell last week on set three. Like, yeah. get, stop it. Right? <laughs> so, stop yeah. it. Yeah, so writing stuff down, I'm so glad you mentioned that, is a great way so that you can ensure that you have progressive overload. I mean, I, I don't know – I want to know what you think about this because a lot of people will say, well, I do – they get a little angry sometimes when I, it's interesting, like when you talk about um, a strategy, because they start to feel defensive about what they're doing, which always fascinates me. I'm like, wow, I'm not picking on you at all. I'm really just trying to give you some additional support and information. But there are times that people will come back and say, well, I do yoga. Doesn't that count for strength training? Or I do um, some popular group fitness you know, thing that's happening now. There's so many name brands now, mm-hmm. um, of, you know, and I'll always say, all that is wonderful. All that is great. You should keep doing it if you love to do it, but it's not the same because you don't wear a weight vest in yoga, you know, like you yeah. don't, your body weight doesn't change. And if you lose weight, then I always, there's less resistance over time. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe in the beginning, I'm wondering what you think, but that's my argument with not to say don't do those classes or that they're not effective, but that they won't yield progressive overload in the same way as you, as you said, like having a plan, repeating that plan over a certain period of time so that you know, oh, that's funny. Three weeks ago when I did a sumo deadlift, it was 135 per five. And this week, week four, it's 145 for five. Like you will not know that in a class or yeah, in yoga.
0: You won't I don't know. What do
1: you think about that?
0: 100% agree. I have plenty of clients who they enjoy yoga or they like the group element of like a body pump class. And I am all for mm-hmm. them continuing on with those things because honestly, the best kind of exercise is the kind you're motivated to do. And so if they want to do this for sure, go for it. Uh, I do distinguish with them between those things and their strength training program. And so we look to find a way that they can at least get two sessions per week of a dedicated strength training program in as they get more advanced, you know, three or four. But for super busy people or people who are just really starting out, like if they want to do two times a week, I'm cool with that. And we distinguish that from like body pump or yoga. And they know that, you know, if they want the, if they want to, if they they want those toned arms that they're talking about, they need the strength training. They can't just rely on the yoga. They can't just rely on body pump. So yeah. Okay. I wanted to
1: hear your perspective on that. Yeah. I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah. That's, that's how I for sure handle that. So, you know what, Deb, I was just thinking how we met. Um, we, your, your Instagram <laughs> bio actually lists you as a tush sculptor, which does not surprise me considering you were sitting behind me at a seminar on glutes. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were at the Brett Contreras I know. seminar. It's been yep. a couple years back now. So I get contacted all the time by people. And that's one of their big goals. They, they don't like their flat butt. They want to tone their butt. They want to shape their butt. Uh, what are your top tips? Give us like <laughs> top exercises. What's your approach to helping somebody who says like, I have a flat butt? Oh help?
1: man. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I, um, I honestly, that is, I always say like the pizza box shaped butt is not a good thing and not because, it, and listen, I'm, and I'm laughing, but I don't mean to body shame because that is not who I am. I just mean like glutes are important. That's what I mean by that. So if anybody yeah. listens to that and got offended, I just want to stop myself and correct. I'm always <laughs> with love and support. I just mean that if your glutes are flat, literally, like, um, there's really no protrusion. Um, you, you want to have some training there because they're like the engine that kind of runs the whole lower body. And I feel contribute to really great back health as well. Yeah. So I love talking about training glutes because I don't think it's aesthetic only. Like I know people will say, I just want it. Like you said, my butt's flat. Can you help me? But it's like, yes. But I want you to also understand like this is part of the core. Right, and so people think core is abs, right? And it's like no, 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 no. It's abs, it's back, it's glutes. You know, like this. This is a really important part of your core, and yes, we need to do this because it's good for your whole body health. So I, I, I feel like I've always had kind of a round tush, um, and so I haven't had that as a problem. But I will say, being in my 40s and being a mom, you know. There's age and gravity, and those things are inevitable. And so whether you have a good genetic tush or not, as far as its roundness, you still need upkeep. So I loved going to that seminar and learning the hip thrust, which is breath, like, major, you know, it, one of his main claims to fame was inventing that exercise. I just think there's hardly, I, I actually, I'm going to say, I don't have one client who cannot do the hip thrust, Yeah, they, whether they're eight, ready? It's yeah. pretty awesome. It is awesome. Whether they're eight, it's, how many exercises can you say that about? So the hip thrust is always in a program for people who have glutes that they want to strengthen because I, it really works for anyone, whether they have back issues, hip issues, knee issues, um, whether they're 80, you know, or anywhere in between. So that's a major one and all the band exercises that we also learned um, a lot of from Brett. Um, so yeah. any of like band above the knees, I mean, but obviously you could do band at the ankles and, um, you know, probably higher up on the sides, but I usually do how he kind of taught us, which is band above the knees and doing all kinds of band work. Um, you know, we call them add up, you know, adductors or abductions, but like, We're really talking about like pressing out into the band. So the ab abduction exercises, there's a million of them and you can, you know, buy, you can buy those bands directly from Brett, right. Or anywhere on Amazon, but all of those glute medius exercises, I always put in a glute program as well. Yeah. And then mimicking all that on the cables, for sure. And then, I mean, and then I think it depends on the client. Like, as you know, it's like, how are their knees? So if their knees are fine, then please, we're going to do all kinds of different lunges, backwards lunges, walking lunges. We're going to do um, different kinds of deadlifts. We're going to do different kinds of squats. Um, those will definitely go into part of the glute training program. If they, their knees aren't great, like they really have torn up meniscus, or, you know, just they're, they're trying to delay surgery, but they're in a lot of pain, then, you know, it's more of the, I would say more of the variations of the hip thrust, which mm-hmm. there are a million of and yeah. variations of the abductions, which there are a million of <laughs> as well. Love so it. I would say, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but those would be. Yeah, no, those, those
0: are definitely some of my go-tos. I love hip thrusts. Um, one of the great things about hip thrusts is you can do it in all rep ranges and it's super effective. So you can, yes. load those, you can load those babies up heavy for like your main move of the day. You can put them more towards the middle, like eight to 12. You can do burnouts with them, you know, in the super high rep range. They're so useful just all around. I love hip thrusts. Love them. Love them. Do you do them uh, personally? Yes. Or are they usually part of your program?
1: Yes. I do them. I, I do them twice a week in yeah. different rep ranges. Yes. Got it. Yeah, I'm like addicted to them. I really am. That's, I always how
0: they feel. Yeah, I agree. I love I love trying to get super heavy on them. I think it's fun. You know, obviously, our glutes are one of the stronger muscles in our, our bodies. And so I think it's fun just the amount you can lift with your glutes. So I do like doing heavy yeah. hip thrust from time to time just to see how much weight I can put on that bar. So, um, it tell, me, tell me more <laughs> about your your personal like strength training goals, performance goals. I, whenever I have a woman on on the podcast, I like to hear just so other women can kind of get ideas. Like, what do you mm-hmm. like? What do you? How do you like to train? Do you have any performance related goals right now? Where's your training heading?
1: It's a good question. I mean, I, I it's funny. I used to be very much more driven about. Com- competing and um and doing not and funny enough i i actually when i say competing i only did one bodybuilding show i never did a power i know you do powerlifting right or the yep, powerlifting yep, or olympic yep, yeah yep, okay yep, powerlifting. i've never done that's freaking badass i've never done powerlifting i've never done olympic lifting um i i only trained for that one show before that i used to compete in cardiovascular stuff um I got to a point with kind of that, with competing. And I wonder if I went back into it in a different way now. I just burned myself out. Mm. So I kind of hung up my hat, um, which isn't, it wasn't a sad thing. It was just sort of like, hey, you know, like maybe my goal now is just to train for my health and longevity And just to be as strong and healthy as I can and enjoy it without, you know, and and tagline, without getting hurt. Like, we can't avoid, right? Yeah, that's
0: important. That's
1: important. It is. I mean, you can't avoid it. Sometimes things just happen. You could hurt yourself picking up a pencil. But I, it's funny, my husband is really into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he's been up my butt to try to get, like into that because he just feels like it's he it's competitive but it's also practical mm. you know he's like you it's hopefully will never have to use it but if you do um you'll know how to deal with someone you know yeah. if god forbid you're in that situation so i've been like oh you know like because i i'm really it's funny like i used to, i did crossfit for a little while and i would tweak myself no offense to CrossFit but I was tweaking my body left and right Mm. and I would come to work and I couldn't I literally couldn't turn my head and my shoulder was jacked up or my knee and I I was like oh this is awful like I can't sit at a desk I have to like pick up barbells and dumbbells and plates for people nine times a day you know I can't do that when my neck is jacked up so I've been really tentative to start because I just don't want to hurt myself. I'm being a little wussy these days, but (sighs) my my main goals are really just like, can I continue to get stronger um, and, you know, stay fit, kind of like defeat the odds. Cause I just feel Mm -hmm. like so many, I know there are things that we can't prevent, right? Like we, there are just so many things that can happen that are out of our control. Yeah. Um, I don't believe for a second. Yeah. Like I don't believe for a second that just because you eat healthy and you sleep and you live, you know, like lift weights, you're going to live forever with no health issues. But I want to try as hard as I can. So that's kind of where my competition is. Is Like, can I keep this going? You know, it's been, I've been lifting for over, I'm, well, I'm going to say 25 years. I think that's fair to say. And I've knocked on wood you know, been pretty successful at like keeping my health together. So I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe I can just like change my view of fitness from I got to compete, you know, Mm -hmm. to um, maybe I just, you know, can be the healthiest version of myself and I'm still kind of defining what that is.
0: I love I know, that, that Deborah. I don't I, don't, I don't, think, but... No, I don't no, that was fantastic, you know, and I think I'd have to say more of my clients than not, that's their goal. They want to look good, they want to feel good, they want to be able to enjoy their life with, you know, out having back pain and neck pain. They just want to be able to move well permanently. And so I think that's a fabulous performance goal is like I want to feel good <laughs> for the rest of my life. So hey, if you don't want to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you don't want to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be continued, right? Yeah, we'll see. But yeah,
0: you have to keep me posted on on that. I and will. I love that. I love that you're just trying to get as strong as possible while staying safe. I think that's a fabulous performance goal. I love. It's fun to chase getting strong. It really
1: is. Yeah, it's way harder than people think. Only people in the gym. It's funny. Like when you, I have like a great gym that I belong to um, where I don't train anyone. It's just for me, and um, it's like a family. People notice, they like, it's amazing, they'll be like, wow, you know, they just come over and everybody's super supportive, like, they know when you've been making progress, and it's, it's, it's really sweet, like, just, you know, in addition to your own goals, like, it's sweet to have a supportive kind of family, gym family around you, so, um, yeah, I'm really just enjoying lifting for the sake of it, which is, like, awesome, (laughs) It is. That is awesome. Right, I'm riding that wave. I'm riding that wave. <laughs> amazing.
0: That's amazing. So look, I always like to end my podcast with a speed round. And this, this time, I have, a theme. Mm. I have a theme for our speed round. Um, and okay. that's because you live in New York City, which is my very favorite city in the world. I'm actually coming tomorrow. I'm coming to the city tomorrow. Oh. So um, our speed round is going to be all about New York City. Are you ready to go fast? Okay.
1: Oh God, I don't. I am not <laughs> good at these games, but I will try. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll, we'll oh, start. We'll st- okay, we'll start, we'll start okay. easy.
0: Best pizza in New York City. Where do we find it?
1: Oh gosh. Um, hmm. See, i now with the celiacs and the and the dairy issues. I'm like not up on the pizza, but I would say in my in in Brooklyn, in my neighborhood, I could speak for that. Um, okay. There's two places that people really like a lot. One's called La Villa, and one's called Donona Rosa.
0: Donona Rosa, and what was the first one? La Villa. Okay.
1: La Villa. La Villa. Okay, cool.
0: All right, <laughs> favorite off, favorite off the beaten path spot in the city.
1: Oh man, um, off the beaten path. Oh, I'm so bad at these games. Because, um, <laughs> no, like, like it's I said, you, then we'll so hang bad. up, and I'll be like oh why did I say that um I don't know where do you like to where do you like to take your daughter I mean we go to we go all over the place we go to various playgrounds but um I don't know I don't even know how to answer that I don't think I have one all right we'll come back yikes if you think okay
0: all right. What's your favorite camp not miss tourist attraction? So, if somebody's never been to the city before and they're going to come, but let's say they only have a day and they want to hit some kind of big tourist attraction, what should they make sure they
1: see? Oh goodness. Um. Again, this is what's terrible about living in New York City is that you don't do any of the tourist attractions. I know. So it's the same. I live outside. You of don't know what they yet. are. I, don't
0: see
1: them. <laughs> I mean, now I. Um, I think. Everybody's been talking about the vessel and that whole Hudson oh, Yards area. yeah, I haven't um, been over there yet. That's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the whole World Trade Center area and, and, and the monument there and all of that is amazing and poignant um, yeah. for a more, you know, serious visit. Um,
0: yeah, I, visit. That, um, I, I that think that museum four times, the 9-11 museum. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. It yeah, really is amazing. It's totally incredible. It's true. And then like people, I mean, there's like the intrepid, but you know, the people love that. But I, I love, I still love to go to Little Italy and um, it's fun at night.
0: Especially yeah. in the summer.
1: Yeah, I've been it there is. Like, the summer. The lights and it's like, it's like a fair all year, you know, like every night the streets are closed down. It's like, you know, just I know there's something super charming about it. So I would say go, got to do that. I do like it there. I do like it there.
0: All right. What is your favorite meal in the city? Don't overthink this. If you could go to one restaurant (laughs) and get something super delicious, where would it be?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Um... (laughs) I had no idea these were going to be this hard. Yeah, (laughs) they are, Ken. They are. Because also, I don't eat out very often. You don't so, oh, uh, so you now when, no, really when I come to the City, we. When I come to the city with my girlfriends,
0: we come at least twice a year, and we eat a lot. All right, while you're thinking, I'll tell you guys my very favorite spot to eat these days in New York City. There is a place in um, Hell's Kitchen called and um, oh, I'm going to forget the name of it Empanada Mama. Now they have an entire menu of oh, empanadas. Yuck. And the empanadas to me didn't taste like much. They were just like really doughy. I don't really like empanadas, but what they did have were amazing nachos, literally the best nachos I've ever had in my life. Like I dream about these nachos. The nachos, were made. they were made out of plantain chips. And then on top of the plantain chips was um, like pulled pork. And then on top of the pulled, like pulled barbecue pork was all the normal nacho fixings. And it was amazing. It's amazing. I've had them Ooh. twice now, and I just – I can't even tell you how delicious they are. So go there, Deb. If, I don't know. Can you eat
1: all that stuff? I don't know if you can eat all that stuff. You could. I know. And I, don't I know. know. It's so tough these days. But, yeah. And there's so many good restaurants, but it's like I, – I don't even I, – I, I'm so bad at these questions because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I panic. It's like when you're when – you're, when I'm at the elevator, I'm like, which direction? Like, oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. It doesn't okay. have to be your favorite <laughs> meal. A good meal in the city. Come on, Deb. Come on. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my gosh. A good, like, my husband would be like, boom, boom, boom. Um,
0: what do you think he would say? What do you think he would say for best meal in the he city?
1: Likes, he, likes the, he likes Mexican food a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a place called Chela, or Chela. I don't know how you spell that. In Park Float that he likes a lot. So okay. we'll go with that.
0: All right, we'll go with that. All right, so if you're not in New York City, what's another favorite city for you? When you travel, where do you like to go?
1: No, and it's not in New York City. New York I city. mean, um, you know, I visit a friend, and I have only been there twice, um, in Portland, Oregon, and I really, really enjoyed being there. I have to say, I would love to go back. It was so different than New York City, but um, I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. Have you? Oh, nope. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was a, there's so much nature and, you know, so much, you know, we're so not used to that in New York City. It's like, <laughs> and then you're surrounded, right? You're like surrounded by it out there and people are active in nature, you know, as part of, you know, we go to the gym, you know, they go hiking and canoeing and, yeah. You know, rafting and biking and, like, they were skiing. And that was really cool, just to, like, have this really active community of people in a totally different way, you know, where they were really loving, utilizing, and cherishing nature
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, as they were using it, you know, for fitness and community, which was really cool. And it's also, like, a really – I don't know. There was music and there was – great food and great coffee, which is you know a thing for me, but I, I, I'd i like to go to Nashville and I'd like to go to Austin. I haven't been to either of those places and I heard that that even though maybe the nature thing is a little bit different, I heard from people that I know that I would really like it there too. So those are on my bucket list.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I've never been to Portland. You've now made me want to go. I did just this <laughs> summer. Go. The two places I went this summer were Nashville and Austin and I loved both of them. Ah. And I will they be 100% yeah. coming going back to both of them. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. For sure, mm. love them. All right, Deb, last <laughs> question. I always ask this yeah. one. Tell okay. us a favorite word of yours. Oh, it's probably the F word. <laughs> All right, I have to clarify. Do you know how many people, I, I always forget to say that. Everybody says that. <laughs> I had no idea how much people love that word. Besides the F word, tell me a favorite word.
1: Oh, God, um, I mean, it's all, it's got, it's another swear. I mean, I just, <laughs> I've been swearing since I was a child. My mom has a really embarrassing story of me being a child and swearing when I got frustrated at uh, the checkout counter. How <laughs> old were you? She was, I was two. You were and two? She, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I know my mom's like, uh, you know, obviously she learned it from us. She but, um. it <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but That's I just there's something to be said. It it makes a point, and and actually, I was watching a Tony Robbins special, or one of the, or maybe it's the only one that he has, um, and he was saying that he really likes to swear because it sort of like cuts through the brain in a different way when you're trying to say something or make a point. And when I was growing up, I remember mostly men. Um, would say, Oh, you should stop swearing. It's such a negative and it takes away. And, and again, I was kind of like, fuck you, because it's just <laughs> not, I, you know, it's not who I am. It's just how I communicate, but I don't use it in um, a way to tear people down. It's really just, you know, to be funny or to make a point. So I feel like there it could be you know irresponsible to be swearing um, in a destructive way or in a cruel way. Um, that's not how I use my swear words.
0: I feel like I need to do some kind I of reserve them for research good. on the <laughs> fitness industry and swearing because I can't tell you. It's so interesting to me every because that's who I have on my podcast is people in the fitness industry and the percentage of people who have come out with either the F word or another swear word is very large. And so I'm thinking, is this particular to our industry or is this how people really feel about that oh. word? So now I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued about that. Somebody who studies language, I need to, I need to find that. Yeah. I need to find the answer to that out. Well, Deb, thanks next so podcast. much for being here. Yeah, next podcast. <laughs> that might take a little bit more than, than I can handle before the next podcast, but someday... So thank you so much for being here with us. If people are Aww. looking to connect with you, where can they find you? Where's
1: the best spot? Oh, here's a few. They definitely can find me on Instagram. Um, and I have not really my Facebook page so much. So um, my website really, would, which is just my name, DeborahDuby.com. So either one of those places is great. But thank you so much Perfect. for having me. This was so fun.
0: This was super fun. Okay, we'll talk soon.
1: All right. Thank okay. you, Kim. Okay, bye.
0: Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds ofational. (laughs) If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.